That was a fascinating um, introduction by uh, Professor Frad, and all about language and communication. And that leads us on to what uh, we've been working on, which is a narrative. So we're talking about a story here. This is a story that we want people within the health and social care systems to start telling each other. It's a story about what integrated care means. And it's told from the service user perspective. But we want people within these systems to be telling the story to each other from that perspective. Where this comes from is partly from here, where we are today, in fact, because when the King's Fund and the Nuffield Trust were asked by the Department of Health to advise them and the commissioning boards on strategy for taking integration forwards, they came up with what might be a, a slightly surprising conclusion because they looked at all the research on integrated care programmes and said, basically, the thing that you most need is a narrative. You need a story. You need something that helps people to unite around this and know that we're talking about the same thing. Why? Because in one research study that looked at definitions for integrated care, there were 175 available options. And certainly when we sit down in workshops and elsewhere to try and talk about taking forwards integrated care, immediately in any conversation you see it means different things to different people. It's about joining up things within a hospital. It's about joining up primary and secondary care. It's about something that's horizontal. It's about something that's vertical. It's about joining community and primary care, or it's about joining health and social care. That influential report from the Kings from the Nuffield Trust said, let's have one story about what this is about. And that's what we've been trying to produce. It goes back partly to work that we did for the Future Forum, which we have which puts put together a set of statements for discussion saying this isn't this what service users would say if care was well coordinated and we were later asked by the commissioning board and the local government association together to come and work with them to develop those statements which is something we've been doing over the last period and you're the first public audience to get a taste of this, so be very interested in your feedback afterwards. But we're getting very close to the point now where we're going to be rolling this out as far as we can to, to test what we've got here and get everybody's feedback from around the system. I'm going to go into what that narrative is in a moment, but first, Michelle is just going to talk about why this is important from the system perspective and what the hopes are about this piece of work. So. Delighted to be presenting with Don today, uh, doing this double act. Um, I'm here today on behalf of Jane Cummings, who is the Chief Nursing Officer at the NHS Commissioning Board. Um, and I, I'm really pleased to be doing that. I've just come from three days of her first national conference, so bear with me. Um, and, and at that conference, at that event, we talked about some of the values and behaviours that are really important in giving care and we've called those the six C's. And I mean, Liz has talked about some of those values and behaviours, and that's really, really important in this agenda of integration. So I'm here today, um, I'm standing up here today, not as a policy expert on integration. I'm sure there are some of you in the room who know much more about integration than I do. 
Um, but I, I was thinking about this and I thought, well, actually, no, I am an expert because I'm a mother of a child who has a long-term condition. And, you know, and we will all be experts because if, if we are not involved in the healthcare system and social care system ourselves, we will have family members who are part of that system. So, you know, integration is such an important and critical thing to get right. Um, and as, you know, as a, as a user of, of the health service, I've experienced good integrated care and I've experienced not so good integrated care. Um, so I'm coming from this from both perspectives, representing the commissioning board, but also representing myself. So just to put some of this into context, um, we know that the, the commissioning board has a duty to promote and encourage integration. Um, and we've got a mandate objective around driving better integration of care. Um, again, people have already touched on the importance of that being around the whole person, about it being coordinated around the needs of the person and their family and carers, so that it feels more joined up, um, including those transition times. And that's about you know, transition in terms of age, so children moving into adult services. It's about transition across health and social care. And it's also about transition between the different sectors, so primary, secondary and tertiary care as well. So that's a kind of context. So the narrative that Donna's talked about. Um, stories are really important in getting people to, to understand um, what, what it is you're talking about. So the Commissioning Board have been working collaboratively with some of our key partners um, to really look at helping and supporting local delivery around the integration agenda so, so that care is more uh, coordinated and person-centred. And as we've already talked about and other people have touched on today, there's this whole thing about you know, what do we really mean by integration? Because if we're not clear and we haven't got our story clear, how can we expect to get it right? Um, and one of the ways that we're looking at this in the Commission Board as well to build on that is to look at the NHS constitution, which is currently out for consultation, to see how we can make integration more embedded in the constitution. Um, and, and alongside that, also doing some work with our key partners around a, a, common a common purpose framework for integration as well. And we're hoping to have some of that work out um, later on in the spring next year. So watch this space. So as Don said, we commissioned uh, National Voices to, to work on the narrative, and he's going to talk to you a bit more about that in a minute. And, and it's all about, um, you know, we've put the we statement in there. So how are we, it's not just the mission, commissioning board, how are we going to reflect the narrative in what we do? How are we going to promote it? How are we going to enable it? And how are we going to encourage the delivery of better integrated care? So while the Commissioning Board can support and promote the narrative, this is about what we all do with it, how we take it forward. And we talked a little bit about you know, why a narrative, but I've already said to you why stories are important. But this is about that really common understanding. It is about taking a, a person perspective. And also, it, it's about using a language that's talked about communication that everybody can understand and identify with, so we all know what we're talking about. So in terms of next steps for the commissioning board, we are planning to share the narrative as widely as we can. And this is a real opportunity for you to have a look at the narrative and to consider how you can use that narrative to help you support the integrated care agenda. So, so I would absolutely encourage you to, to have a look 
at the narrative and see how you can apply that locally. So thank you. Over to you. Okay, so I'm going to give you a little tour of what we've been doing. Um, don't try and read it yet, because we'll zoom in a bit closer in a moment. Just to say further on the process of developing this, we had uh, an important workshop in September where we brought system leaders and people from the world of services together with um, an almost equal number of patients and service users and carers and people from our member organisations to test out that initial set of statements I talked about and give us feedback and help us develop them further. And that's what you're seeing in this second iteration. So we're fairly confident with all the work that we've done over the last 18 months, and particularly in the last period, that that this set of statements is, is pretty good. So what we're going to be testing is not just the wording in here. We're really going to test whether this narrative works as a whole, whether people think they're going to find it useful and how they're going to use it in their work. So what we're saying as a headline statement is that what integration means from a service user perspective is, is not, it's not about joining up organisations. Integration means person-centred, coordinated care. People want their care to be joined up. They're not necessarily interested in whether the organisations providing it are physically or um, financially joined up. And the statement that that we've come to to describe what that person-centred coordinated care is is here, which is that my care is planned with people who work together to understand me and my carer or carers, put me in control, coordinate and deliver services that help to achieve my best outcomes. Underneath this statement is a further series of statements that are going to elaborate what all that means. I'm going to bring it a bit closer to what, day to day, what would that mean? So what does this include? So it means things like, all my needs as a person being holistically assessed and taken into account, and the same for my carer and family. Their needs are looked at too. Being supported to set goals and to achieve those goals. Being helped to live the life that I want to live to the best of my ability. And having some control of how care and support is planned. Communication already the theme of this morning. I was always kept informed about what the next steps would be. The professionals involved with me talked to each other and I could see that they worked as a team. I knew who was the main person in charge of my care and I had one first point of contact and that point of contact understood me and and understood the condition or conditions that I was trying to manage and they helped me to get to other services and to put everything together. So that's communication with its coordination. Information, Elizabeth has already given us a very eloquent uh, talk, uh, section of her talk about. I could see my health and care records at any time to check what was going on. I could decide to sh- who to share them with and I could correct any mistakes. I got information at the right times. It was easy to understand and up to date. I was not left alone to make sense of information. I could meet or phone or email a professional when I needed to ask more questions or discuss the options. Actually, somebody said to me yesterday, it could be a professional, it could be an advocate or peer support if we we have a a sort of net of uh, support that includes that. Being involved in decisions as much as I wanted to be 
Okay? Not everybody wants to be involved all the time. It can be a burden. But as much as I wanted to be, what's my preference for how I get involved in those decisions? Same for my family or carer, if, I'm, if I want them to be involved in those uh, decisions, being helped to make informed choices. Care planning, being able to work with the main people you're involved with to agree a care plan, knowing what's in it, knowing what to do if things change or go wrong. Having that care plan available so that other people you come into contact with know what's in it and understand it and are expecting to work with you according to it. So, for instance, when you, if you use a new service that a care plan has gone in advance of you, you're not having to fight for it again uh, when you make a transition. Speaking of transitions, when I move between services or settings, there's a plan in place for what happens next, and it gets delivered without unnecessary delays. I know where I am going in advance and, I'll be, and what I'll be provided with when I get there and who will be the main point of contact. Taking information with you, particularly about medicines. Information being passed on uh, with the care plan. If you move across geographical boundaries, that those sorts of things don't fall down. And finally, a bit about emergencies. Anticipating that there may be emergencies in the future. Having systems in place so that you can get help early and avoid a crisis. You can plan ahead and stay in control. That is the picture that we're attempting to describe when we talk about this thing, this person-centred coordinated care. We recognise that the, sta the statements we've drawn up are intended to be generic, so they're intended to have some applicability to anybody for whom coordinated care is appropriate. But in, within that, we recognise that there are, there are, you know, for some groups of people, there are other things too that are specifically important. They just don't always necessarily read across to all groups of patients. So I think, you know, with an aspiration later to develop further sets of statements that will help people uh, within those particular groups to, to, to ensure they get things, the things commissioned that they need. For instance, if, you're, if we're talking about children with um, complex needs, then the coordination between uh, their health and social care and their education and developmental needs is of massive significance. That doesn't necessarily read across to other groups of patients, but it's utterly key to their care. So there is further work to do here, I think, uh, down the line about particular groups of people. So what is, what, what is it for? What are we going to do with this generic statement about my care is planned with people who work together and so on? What we're going to be doing in the testing and refinement phase and beyond that is we're going to be taking this to the people who are involved in the organisation of services, system leaders, people who run NHS and social care, health and wellbeing boards, commissioners and providers. And what, what we've got here is a statement that sort of sits under that headline definition and says, well, for those who are organising services, what does all this mean? And we suggest it means partnering the person to plan, pick and pull together care, support and treatment. And what we would want to do is for each part of the system to accept and adopt this narrative as being their meaning of what they're trying to do with integrated care and to go on and develop for themselves their statements of, well, what does that mean for us? How are we going to do it? 
So there's this sort of this idea of some we statements from the service end to, to back this up. The, now the commissioning board has said it will adopt the completed narrative uh, as its statement of what integrated care means for patients and service users. The commissioning board is working under a concordat with the local government association, and we hope that the LGA will get to the same point as well. But not not being a unitary organisation, but an association of members, it, it can't. Uh, make that pledge yet and we would hope that clinical commissioning groups would adopt the definition and make statements about how they're going to use it health and well-being boards and providers of care including providers from our own sector and that's it (laughs) so uh, I'm sure we all will welcome not only our first impressions of that piece of work but your questions, challenges Um, and and clarifications uh, in the rest of the session. Thank you. Thank you very much.